Hello and welcome to the Fan Team Focus Game Week 10 Review Podcast. My name is Sean, I can be found as FF Thinker on Twitter and today we're just going to be looking through the 10 games from the weekend, picking out the 90 minute men, shots on target and the biggest point scorers as well as looking at a bit of ownership at the end. So if we get straight into it and look at the first game which was Leicester nil Arsenal 2. Leicester had three men that played the full 90, uh, Tielemans, Vardy and Samare. They had 16 shots, eight of which were on target, which was joint highest in the game week. It was Harvey Barnes who came on at half-time that topped the individual stats with six shots, three of them on target. And it was Yuri Tielemans who top point scored for Leicester with 3.1. From an Arsenal perspective, Aubameyang, Partey and Lekonga played the full 90. They had nine shots, five on target. Uh, Aubameyang had the best stats, two shots, both on target. And it was defender Gabriel who top point scored with 12.3. So a really interesting game this, um, game of two halves really, Arsenal were much the better in the first half but Leicester came out with a changing formation in the second half and the introduction of Harvey Barnes amongst others uh, that really pulled the game in their favour uh, but a goalkeeping masterclass really from Ramsdale who had a, a worldy save from a Madison free kick in the first half, kept a clean sheet um, and gave Arsenal the 2-0 win. Uh, going forward there are great options really um, for Arsenal. I would say Aubameyang seems to be getting a bit of a run in the team now and he is a bit of a differential so he could be one to, to keep an eye on going forward. You've got Saka, Smithrow in the middle um, are ticking over nicely at relatively cheap prices um, and then defensively they do keep a few clean sheets. Um, I'm still not entirely convinced. Obviously Ramsdale at the minute I think is probably the pick I would go for. Um, I think he's 4.6, 4.7, something like that. So he's really good. Um, cheap price as well. Um, from a Leicester point of view, obviously they had eight shots on target, which is the, the joint highest in the game week. Um, I just don't think they're nailed in terms of who their, their best 11 is. He does tend to chop and change quite a lot. Um, I do wonder if Vardy, he obviously has done quite well at the start of the season, but I do think they perhaps look a better team without him. So people like Daka, Ian Acho, Madison Barnes, um, perhaps will do better without him in the team. So that's probably one to keep an eye on. Next up was a bit of a surprise result. Burnley 3, uh, Brentford 1. From a Burnley perspective, they had McNeil, Westwood, Brownhill, Wood and Goodmanson all played the full 90. They had 15 shots, 6 on target. Wood had 5 shots, 3 on target. And it was Matt Loughton that top point scored with 11.3. From a Brentford perspective, Tony, Norgard and Force played the full 90. They had 12 shots, 5 on target. Uh, and Tony was the best returner with 4 shots, 1 on target. And it was Norgard who top point scored with 6.1. So a bit unexpected in the fact that Brentford were tickling on quite nicely. They have hit a little bit of a right in the last couple of games. Whether that's with Umbuemo that's been out, I'm not too sure. Uh, Tony still continues to play every minute. So he's getting those three points um, as a starting base each week. But he does not really return much um, from open play. So that is a bit of a worry. But they do have a nice little run of Norwich... Uh, and Newcastle I think in the next two so probably wouldn't be selling just yet but one to keep an eye on from a Burnley perspective looked really good in this game um, obviously they've got cheap defensive options obviously Loughton top point scored in this game um, and from midfielders they've got McNeil who plays most minutes as does Westwood both reasonably priced uh, Cornet who started the last two or three he looks a really good option as well um, and then obviously Chris Wood ever reliable had the most uh, shots on target for Burnley. He's probably one to maybe keep an eye on at a, a mid-striking price. 
Next up was Liverpool 2, Brighton 2. Uh, Liverpool had Mane, Salah and Henderson play the full 90. They had 14 shots, but only three on target, which was extremely low considering how well they started the season. So fair play to the Brighton defence. Uh, Henderson had the best uh, with three shots, one on target. And Henderson and Mane top point scored with eight. Uh, from a Brighton perspective, they had Trossard, March and Mwepo play the full 90. They had nine shots, six on target, so more than... Uh, Liverpool. Trossard and Membuepo had two shots each, both on target, and they both top point scored with eight. So a game that Liverpool seemed to be cruising in at 2-0 up, um, but fair play to Brighton, they stuck at it. Uh, a bit of a was-it-intended goal from Membuepo just before half-time, who knows. Uh, but Brighton looked really good um, defensively as well. They only, Yes, they conceded two goals, but they only conceded three shots on target, which against the Liverpool side that's run right this season is a really good return especially now Brighton have a decent run of fixtures. So I would be looking at people like Dunk. Uh, potentially Lamptey looks to be back in the team. Um, Cucurella, I'm not too sure uh, if he might be a midfielder in the game or not. Um, but for me, Dunk looks a, a good option that I'm potentially going to transfer into a couple of teams with um, defensive issues at the moment. Liverpool, I mean, Salah played has still played every minute of the season. Um, so a bit of an off day in terms of um, their attacking potential. I do wonder if injuries are going to hit them more than the other big teams. Uh, we look at, I think Cater went off. They've got a few other injuries at the moment. Um, I do think they look a bit short in that midfield, so that's probably one to keep an eye on, but still a decent result, really. Next up, another big result. Uh, Man City 0, Crystal Palace 2. Man City had Rodri, Silva, Foden and Jesus play the full 90. Again, they had 14 shots and again, only three on target. Cancelo had five shots, uh, one on target. So again, he's shooting a lot. So another great option. Uh, it was Rodri and Jesus that top point scored with 3.1. From a Palace perspective, Gallagher, Sahar and MacArthur played the full 90. They had eight shots, three on target. Gallagher had two, both on target. And he top point scored with 11.7. So yeah, another slightly below par performance from Manchester City in this game. Three shots on target. Very low for them. I do wonder if the lack of a out-and-out striker will potentially come back to Hortonham. I do wonder if they'll dip into the market in, in January for one, whether that's Kane or not, who knows. Uh, from a Palace perspective, they've looked really good in the way they're playing under Vieira. I'm still not overly convinced by them attacking-wise, just because they only had three shots on target. Now, I know it's against City, so they would be set up to play on the counter, but they haven't had many shots on target all season, really. Um... So yes, Gallagher is starting really well this season um, and Sahar is an option now that he's back. But I still think they're probably a bit of a no-go currently um, just given that uncertainty. Their fixtures do turn a little bit now so could potentially keep an eye on them um, in the near future. At St James's Park, it was Newcastle nil, Chelsea 3. Uh, from Newcastle, uh, St Maxman and Wilson both played the full 90. They had six shots but only one on target which was from uh, Javier Manquillo um, and it was uh, St Maximan and Wilson that top point scored with 2.7. Chelsea had Jorginho and Havertz play the full 90. They had 19 shots, 6 on target. Reese James had 4 shots, 3 on target and he top point scored unsurprisingly with his double and clean sheet with 18.9. So yeah, a game that probably went as expected. Newcastle played very well for the first hour. Um, obviously sat in and didn't let Chelsea have too many opportunities. But once that first goal went in, um, it was probably only a matter of how many after that. 
The fullbacks at Chelsea look really good at the minute. James and Chilwell. Um, Jorginho and Kovacic were the go-to two centre midfielders. Obviously, Kovacic has got a bit of a knock now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Lukaku is back. Looks like after the international break in a couple of weeks. Um, so from an attacking point of view, he's probably one to keep an eye on. I've got Havertz in a couple of teams currently. But I think once Lukaku's back, he'll probably make way for someone else. Newcastle. Yeah, I think a lot is going to ride on those two that play the full 90, St Maximum and Wilson. But again, they've got really good fixtures in the short term for the next five or six. So they're going to be the games that you really want to be targeting. And I've got them in a couple of teams ready for that fixture run. Moving on to probably the the least exciting of the games at three o'clock on Saturday, which was Watford nil, Southampton 1. Uh, Watford had King, Kuka, Saar and Sissoko play the full 90. Ten shots, four on target. And it's Kuka that had three, one on target. Ishmael is our top point score with 3.1. And from a Southampton perspective, Redmond, Adam Armstrong and Che Adams played the full 90. They had 12 shots, but only one on target. Um, and they had, Adams had two shots, one on target. And Adam Armstrong had six shots, but none on target. And it was the keeper, Alex McCarthy, that top point score was 7.8. So yeah, a bit of a... A drab game. I think it was last match of the day on Saturday, which would explain it. Um, probably not a lot else to say really on the game. Armstrong was back in the team, having been dropped for the last couple with Brozier out injured. But I probably still wouldn't go any near any attackers really. James Ward-Prowse will be back the next game as well. Um, but I still think there are better options, even around his price. You look at people like uh, Declan Rice, who we'll get onto later. Um, even Conor, Conor Gallagher. The Chelsea midfielders in terms of Jorginho Kovacic when he was not injured. I think Ward-Prowse probably isn't in a play currently either. Um, Livermento is a bit of a FPL darling, but I don't really think he's a more expensive in-fan team, so he's probably not as appealing. For a Watford, I think the only one that appeals currently, they've got a terrible run coming up. Um, if you're looking for a cheap 4.5 midfielder for that fifth spot, you've got Norgard at Brentford, but you've also got Sissoko, who's played... Uh, 90 minutes for like the last six or seven since he came in. Um, so he looks to be a, a nailed-on pick in there. Um, and I don't think you go too much wrong with him, really. Moving on to El Sakiko, which was Tottenham's deal, Man United 3. Obviously a game that was Nuno Gomez's last uh, in charge of Tottenham. Uh, from a Tottenham perspective, Kane, Son and Hoiberg played the full 90. They had nine shots, but none on target, which was quite telling. Lacelso and Son both had three shots. Uh, and it was Kane, Son and Hoiberg that top point scored with 2.7. From a United perspective, only McTominay and Fred played the full 90. They had 10 shots, four on target. Cavani had four with one on target, and it was Ronaldo that top point scored with 9.3. So yeah, a really disappointing display by Tottenham, um, which obviously was the, the final nail on the coffin for the manager. Um, and at the time of the recording, Antonio Conte has been announced as the manager, so... With Tottenham's fixture swing coming up, that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. I think Son's a great option now. Um, I think he was decent anyway with the fixtures, but with that new manager, he could be a great pick in the next few weeks. Uh, Kane as well, obviously a bit more expensive, but he could be one that's going to come into his own really in the near future. From a United perspective, changing formation in this game, they played uh, five, five at the back, uh, which seemed to work. They They did absorb a lot of the pressure and hit hit on the break quite a lot um whether that is going to work against man city i mean as as i record this on tuesday night they have just drawn two all with atalanta um and it was really two moments of genius again 
which gets them out of the mire, which seems to be a common strand at the moment. Um, I wouldn't go near them currently because they've got Man City next, but they have got decent fixtures in December, so they are ones to keep an eye on. I think they look a lot better with Cavani in the team, um, but the problem with United is how do they fit all those attackers in? I think he needs to figure out a formation and then put the best players into that formation and not try and put the best players into the team and then find a formation. That seems to be the the thing that he's struggling with at the moment. Moving on to Sunday games, it was Norwich 1, Leeds 2. Uh, from Norwich's perspective, Pukki, McLean, Rashika and Norman played the full 90. They had 14 shots, 3 on target. Rashika had 5, 1 on target. And it was Oman Madeli, the defender, who top point scored was 6.7. From a Leeds perspective, Phillips, Dallas, Rafinha and Harrison uh, played the full 90. 13 shots, 6 on target. Rafinha had 5 shots, 3 on target. Rodrigo had three shots, two on target, and it was Rafinha who top scored with 9.1. So yeah, a game I think Norwich looked a bit more improved than they had done previously, but still can't get any sort of points on the board. So I do think they're, they're doomed this season and a team to attack, as I've said before, most weeks. Again, not really any options in the team. Norman, the midfielder, has played 90 in the last few, looks relatively threatening, probably one of the most threatening in the team. But I wouldn't be putting me into any any teams. Monsters potentially, but not season-long contests. Lee's perspective, I still think they're missing Bamford. Is that pivot head, really, of their attack? Rafinha back did well. But you can't really read too much into this team, uh, into this game, just because it's Norwich. So I tried to sort of take a step back if any team that does well against Norwich because you want to see a bit more than just one game's worth of results. So... Still want to keep an eye on, really, for those Leeds attacking assets. And when Bamford does get back, I think it will really improve them. The tea time game was Aston Villa 1, West Ham 4. From a Villa perspective, Watkins, Nakamba and McGinn played the full 90. Nine shots, three on target. Watkins topped that with two shots of himself, both on target. And he's also the top point scorer at 7.1. West Ham, they had Rice, Suchek and Antonio play the full 90. They had 21 shots, which was the most of any team over the weekend. Obviously helped by the fact Villa were down to 10 men. Uh, They had eight shots on target as well. Bowen had six shots, three on target. And Declan Rice had three shots, two on target. And it was Rice that top point scored with 11.7. So yeah, another really impressive performance by West Ham. Um, There was a um, a thread went out today of sort of low-owned players um, that were doing really well this season. I think West Ham have got three currently. Rice, Bowen and Fournells. They've all started every game. Um, All looked really good. And I think they're all owned by less than 5%, maybe just under 10% with one of them. Um, But I think a lot of the West Ham focus early in the season has been on Antonio and Ben Rama, rightfully so. But I do think there's potential to pivot off them. I think the next few games are difficult. I think they've got most of the big teams coming up in the next five or six. But then again, after that, they're back on another good fixture run. So they're ones to consider maybe in a few weeks' time. Um, I'm looking at Rice in a couple of teams just because he's cheap at five million. So he's a little bit more expensive than those four and a half million players you perhaps want to bench. But I think he's a great um, a great option and probably worth that extra half a million. Uh, from a Villa perspective, yeah, very poor. Did um, obviously go down to 10 men, which didn't help. Um, but again, Ings was out of this game. You just I don't think they know their best formation or best team. Um, if I was going for an attacker, I would go for Watkins. He looks nailed in terms of 90 minutes. 
He loves a shot, which is what you want in fan team, really. So he'd be the only option, and I probably would avoid any sort of defensive picks as well. The final game was Wolves 2, Everton 1. Uh, Wolves had Neves and Moutinho play the full 90. They had 10 shots, 4 on target. Uh, and it was Jimenez and Trincao that had three shots and one on target. Uh, Max Kilman top point score with 8.3. And from an Everton perspective, Townsend, Allan and Richarlison played the full 90. They had 14 shots, five on target. Uh, ben Godfrey was the best with three shots, one on target. And Iwobi, the goal scorer, top point score with 6.7. So yeah, a bit of a um, a tight a tight game on the Monday night. Uh, both teams at the moment... Wolves look slightly better, I would say. Obviously, Jimenez scored. Uh, Huang looked decent as well. Um, so, they're two I would consider. I wouldn't be going anywhere near else, uh, anywhere else in terms of attacking picks, just because you don't know who's going to play. Uh, defensively, they've got a few cheap options. Obviously, Saar, I think, is about 4.6, 4.7. Um, I'd say if you are not on them now, there are probably better options to go with for the defensive picks. Uh, and Everton... Until Calvert-Lewin gets back in that team, I don't fancy them going forward. I think Decore was meant to be out for quite a while, but I've heard murmurs he may be back a bit sooner. So he, I think, is quite important to them as well. But defensively, they look poor at the moment. And I know it's Tottenham going there at the weekend. So I can see there being quite a big move for Kane and Son this weekend with the new manager bounce and against Everton, who have conceded seven goals in the last two games. So, yeah, I wouldn't be going near Everton at the moment. So if we just quickly go through the... Biggest ownership rises and fallers since the last game week. Uh, the biggest risers were Foden, who's gone up from 8.9 to 22.8. Chilwell's gone up from 4.7% owned to 14.9. Mount 13.6 to 21.9. Obviously, didn't play at the weekend. Uh, Tony's gone up from 37.7 to 45.1. Uh, again, nothing at the weekend. And Cancelo, 40.6 to 44.7. Um, so something I have noticed recently over the rises is... Players do tend to, if someone's done well last week, they will follow them next week. So I can obviously see Reese James will go up a lot, I imagine, this week. Probably Declan Rice um, and maybe maybe Ronaldo will go back up. Who knows? Um, and it's so, I mean, it's the art of fantasy football is trying to predict what's going to happen before it does. So I do think there's a, as long as we don't follow the crowd, there is the opportunity to maybe pick up ground. Obviously, certain players. So someone like James did well this week, might do go on a bit of a run, um, but I don't think we should blindly just follow the points, so to speak. Those big falls from last week, Lukaku, again, obviously still injured. He went down from 169 to 8.2% owned, so when he is back, quite a low ownership there. Uh, Alonso, obviously out of the team now, 20.1% to 14. Ronaldo, 31.1% to 26.7% owned, obviously had a really good game. Yeah, Greenwood, 11.8 down to 8%. And Pogba, obviously uh, currently suspended, 9.1 down to 5.7. And also those four uh, players that were left as the only ones that played the full 90. So we had uh, Tony, Rice, Salah and Tielemans all played the full 90 this weekend. So they're 10 games in. They're the only four that have played 900 minutes so far. So still on for playing the full 38 games uh, this Premier League season. So thanks again for listening. We've got a YouTube stream um, up later this week. Um, we'll give out more details as to exactly when it will be. It'll either be Thursday night or Saturday morning. Just trying to figure out availability for a few of us. Um, we'll have articles out this week around the uh, Game Week 11 monster. 
Um, looking forward to that. We'll have a few stats out about on socials as well. Um, so that's all that we've got on this podcast. So thanks again for listening. Take care and see you later.